If my parents are listening, I did nothing that you saw in this episode, okay? Mm-hmm. I mean, alcohol. You never got kicked out of the club. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. Elizabeth, you're right. That was one time, okay? <laughs> Okay. Okay, go. (laughs) Hello and welcome to the Art of Costume. I'm Elizabeth Joy Glass. And I'm Spencer Williams. (laughs) And this week we are going to be talking about the Netflix original series, Halston. Halston. All right. So before we get into Halston, this is going to be a little bit different from our usual formula. We're not going to be going scene by scene. However... There are still spoilers. Consider this your warning. If you have not watched Halston and care about things being spoiled, you don't want anything spoiled, stop right here. Go watch the five-episode miniseries Halston by Netflix and come back and enjoy the show. Oh my gosh, Elizabeth, I love this show so, so much. I did not think I was going to like it as much as I did, and I'm so excited to talk about this. I, I really liked it too. I'm excited as well. It made me a little sad. As we discussed earlier. But yeah, I mean, it, it made me a little sad, but also, like, I was living all of my Studio 54 fantasies. <laughs> you were, you were. And it's, like, it's crazy, because, like, I'd obviously, like, we went we went to FITM, we went to fashion school. I'd heard of Holston. Didn't quite realize how what a big impact he had on American fashion and the industry as a whole. Yeah, like, I knew... You know, I knew all the pieces that made him Halston, but I the thing I loved about the show so much is that we put it together in such good chronological order that I got, like, the full picture out of this series. Yeah. You know, I knew about the pillbox hat. I knew about Liza Minnelli. But when we put it all together, I don't know. I was blown away. Yeah, just, like, the range of what he did. I was like, oh, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I want to sketch right now. I want to go rip up some, like, chiffon and start draping something right now. No, literally, I've had this, like, really nice, lightweight, like, flowy Hawaiian fabric for years. Being like, oh, I'm going to make, like, a shirt, like, a shirt dress. I'm going to make a shirt dress. And I'm like, I can't find a pattern I like. Let me just drape this and be done with it and have something I love. Get it, sassy. Let's do it. Yes! (laughs) Uh, well, let's get into a summary. Let's just get right into it, Elizabeth. Yeah. Give us a summary, Spencer. All right. So this one I kind of just took from Netflix because I love the, this summary they came up with. It's so dramatic, but it's so perfect. Here we go. <clears throat> His name built an empire. His style defined an era. Adapted from the 1991 book Simply Halston by Stephen Gaines, American fashion designer Halston skyrockets to fame before his life spirals out of control. I mean, that's really all you need to know. Literally. That's <laughs> literally what happens. <laughs> I mean, we're talking about a spiral. A spiral spiral. Spiral. Circles around circles of bad. 
But all of his highs were highs and his lows were lows. That's so true. I'm excited to talk about both. I yeah, I'm excited too, especially because it's like he may have spiraled out of control, but he never actually destroyed his brand. <laughs> He brought it to the brink of destruction. <laughs> yeah, and it's like the summary says, I mean, his legacy still lives on. Oh, yeah. If you look closely, Halston's touch on fashion, you know, around the world still survives him, so. Yeah, and, like, looking at everything, it's, like, what we think of as, like, basics today, I feel like, started, got popularized by his collections. Oh, for sure. For sure. Now that we have that lovely little summary, do you want to go behind the wardrobe, get some facts? I would love nothing more. I've been looking forward to this. All right. Well, Halston is created by Ryan Murphy, directed by Daniel Minahan, and costume design is by Geriana San Juan. So uh, some of her notable work is The Get Down, which I haven't watched in its entirety, but I've seen some some clips from it and that's one we're gonna have to do at some point i love to get down that was a great show and the costumes were brilliant so i mean i couldn't think of a more perfect costume designer than this role than jerry anna san juan i mean clearly she it was perfect uh she also did the sinner before doing halston so obviously this is a fashion centric show so lots of prep she had two months just about <laughs> Two months? Good lord. <laughs> Two months. And in a lot of the articles, she's quoted as, uh, there's at least like 1,200 pieces, but we weren't keeping track. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it took me like two months to prepare for this podcast. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. <laughs> so she obviously took a lot of inspiration from the Holston brand going through their archives, speaking to former models of his, friends. She really, like, looked at the archive inside and out. She wanted to know, like, how the clothes were made and what made Halston Halston. But when it came to creating Halston's wardrobe, she had not only the inspirations from photos of him, which she plastered apparently, like, all over the workroom, she also got a little uh, inspiration from... Our, our friend, the caped crusader, Batman. <laughs> oh my gosh, I didn't even think of that. Yeah. She said she saw a, a photo of Halston in like a long trench coat in one of his studios. And there were like a couple of like, you know, um, rolls of like carpets around him before uh, his workspace opened. And she said it reminded her of Batman and just how Batman, especially like Bruce Wayne, he kind of like envelops the sur like his surroundings so she took that and you see it in his trench coats like once once you know this will come up more in like episode two as soon as he pops up now from episode two where he has like all the black i'm like oh yeah he could be bruce wayne <laughs> oh my gosh halston is the real life bruce wayne he is the real life bruce wayne and I'm, this is all coming together right now and the <laughs> Lovely Ewan McGregor played Halston. Love that man. Obi-Wan Kenobi, you're our only hope. <laughs> Obi-Wan Kenobi is our only hope. But uh, like Batman, he went above and beyond to play Halston. After a lot of their fittings, uh, Jeriana taught him how to drape and sew. And he learned how to be a fashion designer. 
He apparently had like a sewing machine in his room, was like making himself pants. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh. Cause like he does look like he knows what he's doing in that show. But I was just like, oh, he's an actor. Someone was probably like, oh, just pull the fabric. But it's like, oh no, he like, he's doing it. Oh yeah, totally. Even the way he like stands and like takes a step back to like look at the model. Like that's all Jeriana. Just he's just watching a costume designer, which is really brilliant. Um, he he tears it up in this role. <laughs> he does, and he put the work in. He put the work in, and they together they really made him Halston. Yeah. So are you ready to jump into it? Oh, I'm ready. I I was born ready for this one. <laughs> uh, let's take a break, and when we come back, we're gonna talk about episodes one and two. Sounds great. See you in a second. (laughs) All right, Spencer, are you ready to get into episode one? I'm ready. Alright, so episode one, Becoming Halston. It starts out, you find out that he created Jackie Kennedy's Pillbox inauguration hat. Oh, yes, he did. I've, I was so excited to talk about this. It's it's one of my favorite stories. I, I had no idea. Really? really? I didn't. I knew him from his, from his clothes, not that he started out as a milliner. So I found that fascinating. And also... Like, the story they give for how he became a milliner, so adorable, when he's, like, picking up, he's, like, a little, little Halston, what's he, like, eight years old, and he's, like, in the chicken coop, picking up the nicest feathers, so that he can make his mom a hat. Oh, I know, that was so adorable. I did not know where we were going with that, with the feathers, but once he put them on the hat, I mean, it looked good, too. I was like, that's a nice hat. Oh, yeah. It was definitely, like, a kid's idea, of what a woman's hat looked like back then, but it was so cute. And you could tell his mom was, like, so proud. Very cute. (laughs) I think we should do a little deep dive into Jackie Kennedy's inauguration dress, because that's really where the Halston journey kind of took off. All right, let's do it. Let's do it. The My Fashion School nerd historian is about to come out in this episode. Yes, I've been yes, preparing yes. <laughs> I've been preparing my whole life for this moment. Thank you to Jeriana Samuan. <laughs> <laughs> so the inauguration dress was designed by Ola Cassini. Um, it was a beige, simple wool coat. Um, it featured touches of Paris couture in its A-line silhouette and standaway collar. Um, but Halston was famous, made famous, for designing a pillbox hat that went on her head. And I actually found a funny quote from Halston from a 1966 interview with Vogue. So I would like to read it for you. Go for it. He says, I wish I could do a Halston voice, but I'm not even going to try to do that right now. Oh, you can't talk like Halston. <laughs> <laughs> that- wasn't bad. I wish I could hand you my iPad through the <laughs> screen right now. To I mean, I, I see the quote right there in your notes. Would you like to read it? Do you want me to read it? <laughs> Only if you do the voice, otherwise okay. I'm going to do it. <laughs> Go for it. Funny thing about that pillbox hat. It was made too small for her, but Mrs. Kennedy wore it anyway. Oh, no, this is awful. No, it's good. It's good. <laughs> I'm living for it. 
Okay. It was made too small for her, but Mrs. Kennedy wore it anyway. When a gust of wind threatened to topple it off of her head, she dented it, hanging on to that hat. The 7th Avenue copycat hat makers reproduced the hat by the thousand so accurately that each pillbox had a dent in it. How about that? <laughs> that was really good. Oh my gosh. I'm pretty sure the ghost of Halston just came in through you at this moment. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, there was a dent in a pillbox hat from Jackie Kennedy kind of hanging onto the hat. It was actually a little too small for her. Um, but like we talk about in the show, like Halston talks about, well, Ewan McGregor as Halston. Once she stopped wearing hats altogether because we all know Jackie Kennedy had a very famous hairstyle that people stopped wearing their hats, and Halston kind of suffered in hat sales. The way they made that transition in the show was brilliant. It was just like, God bless Jackie Kennedy. Fuck Jackie <laughs> Kennedy! <laughs> I know. And they literally say she's kind of going through a lot right now. <laughs> yeah, and he just doesn't care. Yeah. Ugh. But it doesn't matter, because he's about to get his next muse. Oof. Don't even... Don't. Don't get me started. Actually, get me started. I'm ready to talk about Are it. Are you ready to talk about Eliza Minnelli with a Z, not an S? Eliza with a Z. Not Lisa with an S, because Lisa with an S goes Nas. It's Z instead of S. Line instead of Lee. It's simple as can be. See, Liza. Okay, I loved that song. <laughs> I felt so seen in that moment as somebody who constantly gets their name shortened. I'd be like, oh, hi, I'm Elizabeth. They're like, oh, hey, Liz. And I'm like, mm. Oh, no. <laughs> I was just so. going to ask you, has anyone ever mispronounced your name? But yeah, I guess I hear Liz pretty often. Yeah, people don't usually mispronounce it. They shorten it all the time, though. Mm. I have a story to tell you. It's kind of off track, but kind of the same with where Liza's coming from at this moment. Okay. Uh, I used to work in a building across the street in downtown L.A., we have security officers at almost every front desk in downtown LA. And to this day, there is a security officer. I've been working with this company for, you know, five years at this point. And every single day, he says, good morning, Andrew. <laughs> and I keep walking. <laughs> and I just, he's the nicest man in the world. I don't have the nerve to tell him by my name is actually Spencer. So now oh I respond to Andrew. <laughs> That's not even close. Sir, if you're listening to this podcast right now, I'm sorry. I've been mean to tell you, but I can't. I'm scared. <laughs> That's like not even close to any any of your names. It's not even close. It's not even close. Oh my gosh. He's just the nicest guy ever. I just don't have the heart to tell him. I mean, Andrew's not a bad name. No, it's simply not your name. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So anyways, uh, I don't think there's a look in this show by costume designer Juliana San Juan that I did not like. I just... Every shot in this show through the entire five episodes, I was like, ooh, I love that. Ooh, I love that. Beautiful. I love that, too. Yeah. It was really good. So, he's kind of done with pillbox hats after Jackie's like, ugh, no more hats. 
So he goes to Bergdorf and makes a collection with Bergdorf. Ooh, and you know this is my type of collection, too. It's a shame that no one bought it. Yeah. Because it's all black and white. This is just essentially everything I love about fashion is a black and white collection. Yeah, it was very, it was very mod. It was very 60s. So I was kind of surprised when everyone was just, like, staring at it, going by. I'm like, no one, no one likes it? No one likes this it. This is brilliant. I know. I know. <laughs> I'm like, Jerriana could win an Emmy for this for this scene alone. I, th- I was like, wow, this is a brilliant collection right here. It, it really is. I love how he talks about it, though. The guy he's just met is like, oh, so it was a failure? And he was like, it wasn't a failure, just nobody bought it. And it's like, oh, that just kind of, like, completely encapsulates his personality. Like, he knows he's the best. It doesn't matter <laughs> if nobody else thinks so. <laughs> Yeah, what does he say about critics? Like, in every episode, he's like, critics are nothing. I think he's like, critics don't know anything? I don't remember. He does hate the critics, though. <laughs> but he cares a lot about what they say. <laughs> he's he's literally like me. It's like, uh, I don't care what the critics say. Also, can you read me the next one, please? <laughs> read me that next <laughs> review. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I love this little black-and-white runway fashion show. And I love the... Um, I love the black and white suit that Halston was wearing as he's watching his black and white fashion show. Yes. He's um, matching his own show. He is. brilliant. Which, I mean, I think that's just, like, the way you should go if you're a designer. Match your, match your collection. For sure. At this point, like, Halston always looks good, but right now he's still, like, dressed, I don't want to say cheaply, but, like, you can tell, like, he doesn't have his money yet. <laughs> Yeah, so throughout the show, you kind of see the transition from Halston from... He's, you know, he's a simple American fashion designer at this moment. He hasn't hit it big. He had his 15 minutes of fame with Jackie Kennedy's pillbox hat. But throughout all the episodes, by, like, episode two, he goes from, like, Halston to, like you said, Bruce Wayne, Batman, (laughs) Darth Vader by the end of it. (laughs) He just goes full full uniform almost of his turtleneck and suits he really does and the first step in that is dressing liza minnelli halston is looking for a new muse and he meets the legend liza minnelli i'm a big liza minnelli fan yes and um this starts a lifetime relationship with liza minnelli oh yeah they're the closest of friends forever and ever. I know. I love that relationship all through the show. It's touching. I just, I want Eliza Minnelli in my life. Yeah, it's very touching. But he meets her and like, you know, they hit it off right away. And he's like, why do you still look like a little girl? Because she's wearing this, like, admittedly, it looks like a little schoolgirl dress. Like, <laughs> that's all like white and black with like the frills and like the kind of like, um, it was almost like a bib almost at the time. <laughs> And I'm like, ooh, fair, Halston. Oh, I thought it was so cute, though. Um, so Liza Minnelli was played by Krista Rodriguez, and so she good. kills it. It's Liza Minnelli. And talk about, like, almost a carbon copy of the woman. Like, Right? I was shocked. Because, like, I, I know what Liza Minnelli looks like now, but, like, I wasn't really thinking about when she was younger. And then, like, I was looking at pictures of when she was younger, and I was like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, there it's the same. I've I've loved Liza Minnelli forever and this she did such a great job. This was this was a perfect casting. It was so good. And then that scene where he like starts to create her look and the halter dress when he's draping it on her. Oh my goodness. Ooh. 
I have never had so much fun watching someone drape something in my life. Because I, I, I know how to drape, but it's not my preferred way of construction. And suddenly I'm, like, kind of having doubts of myself. I need to start draping more. Uh, same. Like, I already know what I'm using. I'm like, I, <laughs> I got that really nice lightweight Hawaiian pattern fabric down there. We're making something out of it. <laughs> He drapes this red halter dress on Liza Minnelli, and it just comes together so effortlessly, which we have to credit the costume designer, Jeriana San Juan, again, because she taught him how to do draping like this, and he looked like he's been doing it his entire life. Mm-hmm. Especially at the end where it's like, it's the completed look, and he's just like raising the hem a little bit. Yeah, and she turns around and she's like, what the fuck, this is amazing. And that was my, right? that was my reaction, too. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, whoa. It, it was so good. So good. But because of that dress, he can start to look for some of that investor money to get his own brand started. Ooh. Yeah, he's looking for investors, but first he has to put together, like, the Avengers of American fashion Oh at my this gosh. Time. Let's talk about that. I loved that scene so much. Right? I swear, it's like he's looking for Iron Man, Black Widow, the Incredible Hulk. He ends up finding Joe Eula, who is a very famous uh, American fashion illustrator. Um, Yes, played by David Pitou. I'm sorry (laughs) if that's not how you pronounce your last name. (laughs) He was a famous fashion illustrator and also dabbled in some costume design later on in his life, which maybe we could talk about later. He finds the Elsa Peretti, who... uh, I have a lot to say about Elsa Peretti in this show. She, at this time, was a fit model. She had not gone into jewelry design just yet. Mm -hmm. But we'll talk about that a little later. Elsa Peretti was played by Rebecca Dayon. And talk about a carbon copy. She looks just like Elsa Peretti. Yeah. When we get to episode three, I swear we're watching Elsa Peretti. She talking about channeling her. So, like for a lot for a lot of this show, I feel like they cast based on looks, and the fact that everyone's just brilliant in their role just kind of worked out. Yeah, I mean, all these actors and actresses were brilliant actors and actresses, and they looked just like the character. It was yeah. incredible. And then also, uh, Halston finds Schumacher, who was a window dresser, and also in his future works with Andy Warhol quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I was sad that he was only in this first episode. Yeah, I was kind of sad about that too. I'd like to learn more about him, actually. Yeah. We need, uh, we need like this Halston type series with costumes by Jeriana San Juan, but we need one for Elsa Peretti, Liza Minnelli, um, and Schumacher and Joe Eula. Just. Each series, it's just a different character. Five episodes. Netflix, are you listening to this? <laughs> yeah, I loved this character. Uh, played by Rory Culkin. Oh, I thought he looked familiar. Yeah. Well, because he looks exactly <laughs> like his brothers. Yeah, I, know. <laughs> <laughs> I was. I thought it was Macaulay Culkin at first. At first, too. But um, then I was like, he looks too young to be Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> no. I won't lie. You know, we just talked about Captain America and Stanley Tucci. Yeah. And I straight thought Joe Eula was played by Stanley Tucci for a whole five seconds. And I started to text <laughs> you being like, Stanley Tucci's back. And then he started talking. I was like, oh, that's not Stanley that's Tucci. That's not Stanley Tucci. <laughs> no. 
<laughs> but I love Joe, uh, this actor who played Joel Eula, David Patu. He did a great job. I think he's one of my top three favorite characters in this series. Oh, yeah. It's, it's great. And Rory Culkin and Schumacher is great. They're all amazing. All amazing. So as we're talking about, Halston needs some investors because he wants to branch out into clothing. He does not want to be the hat designer. As Liza Minnelli says to him earlier, she said, your pillbox hat is your Judy Garland. If you don't know who Judy Garland is, we need to have a different conversation. If you don't know who Judy Garland is, you're going you're gonna to pause right here. Go watch The Wizard of Oz from at like 1940-something. And look up her Wikipedia page. Come back. Yes, I agree with all of that. We need to have a bigger conversation. Uh, so Halston brings in Mrs. March, and she kind of represents this Upper East Side New Yorker, which Jeriana does another great job just designing all of the actors and actresses there in the background, in the foreground, who are just, you know, side characters that have small roles. And still, yeah. every costume is really believable. She's wearing this leopard fur collar and a, a pillbox hat. Mm -hmm. And I love her little costume moment. It's really cute. I love it. She's so cute. And I love when he's talking to her about, like, the French ateliers. And he's like, oh, have you ever been to one? And she's like, no. And she looks very, like, shy about it. And he's like, well, of course you haven't been to one. They're austere. They make you feel, like, ugly. But, like, you know, at my, like, American atelier everyone's gonna be accepted and made to feel beautiful and it's like i feel like that's kind of reflected in her clothes like yeah like she looks very nice very like upper east side but you can tell like it's a little boxy it's a little big you can tell like she didn't pay that like specific attention yeah which is probably what was what american fashion was missing was that attention to like the structure and the fit for sure i mean you cannot have said it any better that is where we're at in fashion at this moment. Yes. So she's in. He's like, I need a million dollars. And she's like, 100000 Hire my son. <laughs> and he's like, you got a deal. <laughs> <laughs> and so they start designing the first collection. Hates everything he's making. Uh, until uh, Schumacher is like, well, I have this, this fabric I tie-dyed in my apartment. And what does he create? One of his beautiful caftans. It's blue with like a almost like a tie dye diamond pattern. I was like, I need that. Oh, it's so beautiful. I was so I could watch the scene over and over and over. Halston was known for the silk chiffon that was draped over the body that uh, in this caftan shape. Yes. And it revolutionized fashion at this moment. Um, stylish New Yorkers. Celebrities such as Angelica Houston all wore these caftans. It's like he changed the world overnight. He really did. And so I'm going to go back a little bit. There's a scene where he's just walking down the streets of New York. And he sees super, like, posh ladies in their, like, Chanel suits. The working girl in, like, her, you know, knockoff Chanel with, like, the kind of, like, puffy shirt. And then he sees, like, the hippie girls... And he, he's watching all of them. And at the very end, he sees, like, a statue that's kind of been, like, wrapped in fabric. And it's kind of, like, in his mind, he's seeing all the different kinds of American women. And I feel like with this fashion show, he takes all of that. And with the caftan and his introduction of the ultra suede uh, 
Shirt dress. Shirt dress, thank you. He takes all the different dynamics of American women at the time and creates, like, one cohesive look for all of them. He's like, I'm going to be the one-stop shop for American women in fashion. Yeah. I'm glad you brought up that scene because that is, you know, there's a it's a small scene with no dialogue, but it's very important, I feel like, because this is what makes a good designer a good costume designer, good jewelry designer, someone who, I mean, he's just standing there and just observing the world around him, just looking at the trends, taking in real-life people, figuring out what they would wear, what they want to wear, listening to your surroundings, the environment, you know, politics, the world around you. That's what makes a good designer, and that's what Halston's doing at this moment, is just listening yeah. and observing. Like he said, has anybody asked you what you need lately? (laughs) He's asking the women of America, what do you need? What do you need? Halston's here to help you. I'm here to make you feel beautiful. Yeah. (laughs) Which, it's such a lovely sentiment. I'm like, did that just die with him? And we're only just now getting this back? (laughs) Like, in American fashion? Yeah, that is kind of true. Hopefully, especially after the pandemic, I hope it serves as a reset almost for fashion. Get back to listening to what people want, especially with the big resurgence of, like, you know, athletic wear, active wear. Yeah. Wearing comfortable clothes, sweatpants. I will not ever shame anyone for wearing sweatpants all the time. If that's what you want to wear, they look good on you, and you should wear them whenever you want. I know. I I admittedly used to be a big snob about that. I was a huge (laughs) snob about that till this past year. And I was just like, you know what? Go for it. Like, all the viscose girls in their cute little sweatpants (laughs) and, like, matching sweatshirt tops. I'm like, you go, girl. You live your best life. (laughs) It's time we stop listening to fashion and fashion listens to everyday people. Yeah. Which is what Halston was trying to say at this moment. Well, maybe not all everyday people, but American women. American women. He was <laughs> who fit- live in New York. Who live in New York, yes. That, <laughs> that is a good distinction. Um, yeah. <laughs> not all women, as we see later on with JCPenney's, you know, things get a little testy. Yeah, well, we'll get to that later. We're talking like <laughs> Bergdorf, Berg, I can't say that word. Bergdorf. Bergdorf Goodman. And, you know, Bloomingdale's and (laughs) bigger retail buildings such as, so, not JCPenney women. We're working on it. We're getting there, fashion. Yeah, he's getting there. He has to get that money first. So he holds his first fashion show. Liza Minnelli's there. Everything's coming together. But he's like, I need one big client. Like, the show went great, but, like, he's not quite bringing in what he needs. So... Who does he call? Babe Paley, socialite in New York City. And he shows her, like, all the beautiful pieces of his collection, all the caftans. And she's like, you know, it's gorgeous, but, like, I'm not going on vacation. Like, I'm not, I need stuff for every day. And he's like, okay. This is where he's like, I'm listening to what you need. (laughs) And he, he, like, snaps his fingers and out come three of his models in ultra suede shirt dresses oh i love this scene i they look so good in these ultra suede shirt dresses so good she says i want one in every color and i cannot feel a more true sentiment at this moment i want one in every color um 
Bay Paley, it's just a little another deep dive into some fashion facts for everyone. Uh, Bay Paley wasn't just a fashion investor or bystander. She had a direct hand in shaping some of the greatest fashion trends of the time. Uh, she was hired as a fashion editor for Vogue in 1938. Oh. And she held that position for almost 10 years and was often featured in Best Dress List. She was married to William S. Paley at one point, who was a chief executive uh, who built the Columbia Broadcasting Systems, CBS. Um, yeah, so there's a little bit of money in this family. A little? <laughs> he was the founder of the Paley Center, which I am a member of, actually. Oh. So. Nice. <laughs> Doesn't so, mean anything, but... <laughs> hey. Why not? <laughs> so I could get into those front row panels of for American Horror Story. <laughs> yes. But uh, Bay Paley, she sees those ultra suede shirt dresses and she's like, one in every color, please. Putting him on the map and bringing us into our second episode. Oh, this is the episode. Episode two, Versailles. Ooh, this is the first time you see his like Batman aesthetic is when he's walking around with Eleanor Lambert, played by the incredible, she is one of my favorite actresses, Kelly Bishop. Oh, she killed this role. She kills every role. So it's no wonder (laughs) she killed this role. (laughs) I was... I will watch anything with her. Yeah, I was in love with her playing Eleanor Lambert. I think, Elizabeth, you should give everyone some background on Eleanor Lambert. Eleanor Lambert was a publicist that really put America on the map for fashion. It was like her crusade to get America to be like a fashion power in the world. Amen. She created just, you know, just a tiny little, um, you know, fashion event that uh, nowadays we like to call New York Fashion Week. So <laughs> no big, just New York Fashion Week. No, no biggie, just a little, little thing. Uh, she also helped to create the CFDA Awards, press director for the Museum of American Art. Uh, she helped found the Museum of Modern Art. She was part of the Art Dealers Association. She just, like, had her hand in the New York art scene and fashion scene and was like, America's going to be a big deal, and we're going to show those European assholes that we are a big deal, (laughs) and we're going to help rebuild Versailles with our fashion through a fashion show or kind of like a fashion battle. Yeah. So Eleanor Lambert also was one of the creators of the Met Gala, too. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. She is. She's that bitch. You know, Eleanor Lambert is the OG. She is that bitch. And she is being that bitch in the very first scene of episode two, where she's walking with Halston through, I guess it's like Central Park or something. Oh, he's looking very Bruce Wayne-y. At the end of the first episode, he created his, like, slicked back, tan glasses style. And he's there with his his big black trench coat. And he's like, that's a Halston. That's a Halston. She's wearing Halston. Miss, uh, I love your dress. Oh, thank you. It's a Halston. <laughs> <laughs> like, he is just like, look at, look. Look at all I created. And she's like, yeah, 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 yeah. I need you. 
yeah. she's like, okay, great, cool, yes, you're brilliant, and let's go show all these French designers that you are the best designer in the world. And he just doesn't want to do it, which I don't understand. He doesn't want to do it because he's like, we could barely keep the lights on, so last thing I want to do is this charity event. Um, also... He looks like Bruce Wayne. He also is fully turned into Darth Vader at this point. He is like <laughs> the Emperor of Darkness at this point in his all-black trench coat. And this is not a problem for me. I love wearing all-black. That's what Same. I do. And I think Halston might... Ewan McGregor as Halston might be my new fashion muse going forward I like for it. 2021. Because <laughs> I, I love this outfit. You got Ewan McGregor's Halston. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Before we get to the Battle of Versailles, we have to talk about the scene where all the American designers show up to this airport at the same time. I think it's one of the best scenes. Oh my gosh. Okay, I loved how they shot this. It's so brilliant. It's so brilliant. The way they come through one gate and like it's like a circle and they all meet. Oh my gosh. Halston has his entire posse with him, Liza Minnelli. Elsa Peretti, his illustrator. He even has his best saleswoman with him at this moment. Pat asked, oh my gosh, I like, I loved her in this episode. She was just like, yes, I'm here. I am the best saleswoman because if I look good in what he has, everyone looks good in what he has. And yes. she is just there in those, in those photos they take in the airport. She's just like, Yes, I am here. I am beautiful. Look at me in every single one. And I'm like, girl, you you go live your best life. She's such a scene stealer. She's I love such it. a scene stealer. She looks incredible the whole time. She does. Everyone is dressed to the nines. And yes. once again, shout out to the costume designer, Jariana San Juan, because this scene right here, just this image, is beautiful. But then we make it even more uh, complex because then the American designers start to show up. Ooh, we yes. have Bill Blass showing up. We have Oscar de la Renta, Stephen Burroughs, Anne Klein is there. I mean, just this, it's like the gathering of the Avengers once again. It's like the who's who for American fashion. And it's like they come like out of these three separate gates and meet in the middle. And I just love they're all kind of like staring each other down. And then Liza Minnelli's like, let's get some pictures of the designer. I feel like they shot the scene like an old Western, like the good, the bad, and the ugly type yeah. moment. It's so good. And they all just, just, Looking at every character, I love their outfit. I love their outfit. Elsa is wearing like this purple dress, and it's just so I, beautiful. I loved Liza Minnelli in the scene with that like cr white cream ensemble, and then the purple jacket with the huge fur collar. Like I yes. need that jacket. It's so good. That's a good jacket. So Elizabeth, can my fashion nerd moment come and talk about the Battle of Versailles? Uh, go for it. I want to hear. <laughs> this is such an iconic episode. Okay, so for those of you that don't know, the Battle of Versailles fashion show was a historic fashion show held on November 28th, 1973, in the Palace of Versailles uh, to raise money for its restoration. This is not just any palace. This is the palace. Marie Antoinette lived here at some point. Um, and this fashion show was created by Eleanor Lambert, like we just spoke of, and the Versailles curator, Gerald Vanderkemp. The show pitted French designers against American designers. 
Do you know who these French designers were? They're not just anyone. Oh, We're no. talking Saint Laurent, Pierre Cardin, Emmanuel Nguro, Marc Bohan of the House of Dior, which Halston says, you really want me to design against Dior right now, and Givenchy. The American designers, Oscar De La Renta, Stephen Burroughs, Bill Blass, and Anne Klein, who also brought along her assistant. Her assistant at that time was Donna Karen. And, of course, we had Halston. I just... It's so good. I'm, like, starstruck just reading that. I, like, I wish... (laughs) I've never wished Doctor Who was more real in my entire life and that he would just land in my backyard because he'd be like, where do you want to go? And I'd be like, the Battle of Versailles. Oh, please. Please, take Andy me. Andy Warhol's there, like... Josephine Baker is there, Elizabeth Taylor, Liza Minnelli. I mean, everyone who's someone is there at this point. I know, and it's like, it sounds like the Americans had a rough go of it, but they showed up. They showed up. This, I mean, I was so impressed. And once again, the costume designer not only had to create costumes for Halston, his show... She had to do costumes for Oscar De La Renta's part. <laughs> like, all of these American designers, Anne Klein, Jeriana had to take her mind out of the Halston bubble for a second and put herself into all these American and French designers at this time. This is a huge undertaking. And just, Television Academy, if you're listening at this point, you need to give Jeriana a nomination and probably a win for the scene alone. I loved oh. it. Oh, yeah. And the way he's just going through room after room after room of designers as they're all, like, putting the final touches out on things. So after he has his little tantrum about not being able to go last. A little tantrum. This is a big (laughs) tantrum. After that, and he finally decides to, like, get the money he needs, he's draping his final design. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this did not happen. But he's draping his final design. It looks beautiful. But there's nothing over her boobs. He made a halter dress that doesn't cover her boobs. Yeah, Elsa was like, um, I think you forgot something. Something. I straight up thought she was gonna, like, go out with her, like, boobs out. I was like, like, did he put, like, nipple cover, like, nipple tassels on her or something? (laughs) Like, I was so confused. But then... Pat Ast is there, like, fanning herself in that beautiful caftan with, with the, I don't know, it's probably like a Renaissance painting print on it. And he's just like, give me the fan. We'll put some feathers on this. And you just cover that up. Perfect. <laughs> and I was like, this isn't real. But then I found a picture of it. And I was like, oh. It's real. It's real. There was so much research that went into this five-episode series. I mean, I can't imagine the the amount of research Juliana must have did. I know. It's so beautiful. And then Liza Mandelli's there being like, oh, hey, France. I'm going <laughs> to sing about ya. <laughs> Liza just came off her big win, actually. Her Oscar for Cabaret. Yeah, so, which Halston did not get credited for helping with her wardrobe a little bit. No, he did not, actually. Bob Fosse was the costume designer, technically. But Liza called Halston. She was not happy with her costumes. And Halston did some costumes under the sneaky sneak. Sneaky sneak. Um, <laughs> it must have been very sneaky sneak because I had a I like could only find it like confirmed that, yeah, he helped a little bit with her costumes. Yeah. 
that is not really talked about. <laughs> Liza actually did open the American part of the show. Um, and, I mean, she's living her best life at this moment. She really brings the energy for the American designers. I will oh, say, yes. one thing I am a little disappointed about um, was that Josephine Baker was there. Um, she was a French civil rights activist. But we didn't actually get to see Josephine Baker, and that makes me Aww. sad. That would have been nice. I bet Jeriana would have loved to done a costume for her. Maybe they oh, did, yeah. and we just didn't. Maybe it got yeah. cut or something, but I would have loved to seen that. I mean, they don't even show Andy Warhol. That's true. They cut a lot of famous people out of that scene. That's true. I mean, they want the focus to be on Halston's moment, which I get. But we did see a silhouette of Josephine Baker, and I was like, oh, yes, this is the moment right here. I'm <laughs> waiting for it. It didn't happen, but it's okay. Um, but yeah, the fashion show, the French designers are doing their part, and it's really not all that. It's kind of just like, it's very stiff. I mean, it's beautiful. They have a lot of set pieces. Yeah, it feels like a theatrical moment. It's beautiful, like, the you know, the fashion is beautiful, but it's just like everyone's yawning. Yeah. Um, but then once Liza Manila, <laughs> Liza Manila... Manila? Got manila paper on the mind? You gonna make Man- some patterns? <laughs> Manoli. Manila. <laughs> I think she went over this in the song, Spencer. I think she did. <laughs> Manelli, Blame it on Papa. Um, yeah, so Liza brings up the energy, and the Americans kick it off, and they all bring it. You know, I loved Anne Klein's pieces. Oh, yeah. I loved, I loved all of it. But I especially love Halston's pieces. Yeah. Her music, the way they're moving on the stage, it's just so beautiful. Just this scene could not have come together any more perfectly. And I love how proud he is. <laughs> I felt the same way when he's kind of like watching his work crying. I feel like yeah. I was on my couch kind of <laughs> cracking a that little tear like, for a second. <laughs> Standing ovation. It was so good. So good. Well, with that, Elizabeth, I think we should take a break. And when we come back, we have three more episodes to go over. Oh, yes. Get your dancing shoes on. We're going to Studio 54 soon. Oh, yeah. (laughs) We'll be right back with episode three. to go to Studio 54, but before we get there, I think we should talk about Episode 3, and then we'll talk about Episode 4. Episode 3, The Smell of Success, a.k.a. Elsa's Episode. This is, I think, it's not my favorite episode, but it's up there. I just love this Elsa Peretti montage at the top. Oh it's my gosh. It's so good. It's so good. It's so beautiful. It starts, they're just like walking on the beach. She's like in this beautiful black dress with the matching black head wrap and the like the pattern just like shawl around her neck and he she sees him and this sets up a part later on in the episode she sees him like oh hello elsa my love in his white sweater just like they're they're on the beach they're there to have a good time but she finds the inspiration in the next scene for the bottle of perfume they're about to make. Oh, yeah, I feel like this is where Jeriana's research really shows 
because when I was doing my research, I'm seeing lots of photos of the real Elsa Peretti, and I cannot tell you how identical they, the real Elsa and this actress look at yes, this moment. Yes, absolutely. Oh my gosh, when she has those glasses on, which I personally was not a fan of, but then you see, like, shot for picture, like, they look exactly the same. They look exactly the same. The actress... Rebecca Dayan looks just like Elsa Pretty. It's just the glasses bring it all together, like you said. They do. That just just brought it all in for this great big hug. Unfortunately, Elsa Pretty just passed away not too long ago, and it's very tragic. Yes, unfortunately, she did pass away. This felt like Jeriana's love letter to Elsa Pretty, though. Episode yeah. three. It feels. I mean, it's just a beautiful, beautiful episode. It is, and she looks just like her through that whole montage of from the inspiration for the bottle through the making of the glass bottle. It's beautiful, because it's like, I love when she's there seeing it being made, and she has like that, that, uh, like, light blue denim shirt on. She has her her hair back and a scarf and she's just she's like really like there to do work and it's kind of like up until this point she's just kind of been like oh his model and muse but it's like no she's a designer in her own right she's a talented woman this is the beginning you know of she's really going into her own at this moment as a designer and it just shows how you know we have the designer we have the costume designer but a designer isn't who they are without their team. And Elsa Peretti, you know, all the Halstonettes, they helped make Halston. And this episode really speaks to the idea of the team around you, the family, the chosen family that you need in life. Absolutely. And it also just shows his particular determination. So the scene <laughs> where they're presenting the bottle to... Oh, gosh, what's his name? Uh, the whole time, I was just like, oh, it's the president from Independence Day. It's the president <laughs> from Independence <laughs> That's literally, I kept I kept getting out of the fantasy for a second. I was like, he is from Independence Day, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Bill Coleman as David Mahoney. Yes. They're presenting the bottle to David Mahoney <laughs> and his his partner. And it was like... It was just so fun. I felt like this was just like, oh, wow, this is like the ingrained misogyny of what men think women oh. want. How they're talking about how, like, the, the, the stopper and the dropper, it's like, it's phallic and it's sensual. And it's like... How intimate and how... Uh, what's the word? Penetration. Penetration. Of I, putting it in the bottle. And I was just like... I was like, what? I've never thought of that in my life. Same. <laughs> I'm like, I got, like, my little roller perfume or, like, a spray body perfume. But yeah. I never once was like, hmm, yes. Penetration. Penetration of my perfume, of my serum. Ooh, let me put this on my body. Yeah. <laughs> I like, would be there. I was just like, what? I guess. That's one way to put it, I guess. I was like, what are, what are they talking about? This is why the fashion industry sucked for so long. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I did do a little deep dive into the classic bottle. This is a real, true story of Halston's first perfume bottle. Uh, the classic bottle of the glass drop leaning to the side, as proposed by Elsa Peretti for the Halston classic fragrance, was first rejected by Max Factor. 
and the managers who were involved in the development and promotion of the fragrance. They kept saying the bottle must be rectangular, they said. But Halston defended Elsa Peretti's decision, as well as many other objects, such as the metal bean-shaped cases for solid perfume. Um, he did pay Elsa for his work. Besides the proposed amount of $25,000, Elsa did choose a fur coat, which is for which was a symbol of their friendship. We'll talk about that coat a couple times in this next that segment. That was a great coat. But this was all a true story with the fur coat, which I thought was kind of ridiculous, but maybe too Elsa it was a symbol of friendship. So, I mean, it makes sense. Um, it was a nice coat. I wanted the coat. It was I would a have beautiful been... coat. I want that fur <laughs> coat. I know fur is controversial, uh, but I wanted it. Yes, I. I'm Sorry, with I've, you right I have there. lots of thoughts and feelings Sorry. about fur. <laughs> This episode uh, takes us through some really beautiful moments. Uh, one of your favorite scenes we're talking about behind the break was the scene with Elsa and Halston in the park. Yeah, they're 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 walk they're taking a walk in the park, and she's wearing that beautiful fur coat. And she's like, "Is there basically like is there gonna ever gonna be anything more between us? Because like they love each other, they tell each other they love each other." Yeah. And he's just like, oh, like, and he, like, feels for her in this moment, too. But he, he's like, rightfully so. He says, that's not me. Yeah. And she, and I love it because it shows how deep their friendship is that she accepts that. Like, yeah, she may have, like, wanted a deeper relationship with him. But she accepts that, like, their love and friendship as it is, is enough for him and her. Yeah. For sure. It's a very beautiful scene. And I just, I want to take a trip to New York after watching this. Can we go? Absolutely. You have to come visit me first. <laughs> I'll pick you up on the way to New York. Okay. Just come <laughs> come visit me. We'll take the Amtrak up there and it'll be great. <laughs> so everyone knows I am recording from Los Angeles and Elizabeth is recording from... Pennsylvania. Hey. hey. <laughs> East Coast, West Coast. <laughs> so there's another scene I do want to talk about, and it's this moment where Halston creates Liza Minnelli's bridal pantsuit, this yes. yellow. It's oh so my goodness. cute. So, like, she's like, okay, so I'm getting married, and he's like, excuse me, like, to whom? <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> it, it shows his, like, vulnerability of, like, being afraid of being left behind by the people around him. Because I, I guess he was planning on her, like, moving into his apartment. There's a little bit of abandonment issue. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, ooh. <laughs> yeah. To say the least. <laughs> um, it was rumored that the yellow was kind of inspired by the yellow brick road. Hello? From Wizard of Oz, Judy Garland. Well, that's kind of what they're talking about before Victor Hugo throws his little fit. Um. Yeah. They talk about it, you know, maybe this happened, maybe it didn't, but I would like to think that this was a good... Her mother did die, Judy Garland, three years before this marriage happened, so I think this would be a beautiful tribute. And seeing photos of the real, you know, bridal pantsuit, once again, Jeriana, you killed it. She killed so it. So beautiful. It was so beautiful, and it felt very her. felt very her. It felt like a celebration of Liza at this point, and celebration of judy garland that was kind of subtle 
Um, this was an episode kind of celebrating the idea of love, too. Like, we're yeah. just talking about Elsa and Liza, the relationship between Austin and Victor. Yeah. And I love, because, you know, she's nervous. This Was this her first marriage? Mm. Or second? <laughs> she had this four. was one of her multiple marriages. <laughs> Let me look up her first one. <laughs> At least according to Wikipedia, it was to Peter Allen in 1967. This had to be Jack. Yeah, it was Jack. So this is her second marriage then. Yeah. But I love, like, right before, because she's nervous. She's like, oh, should I marry him? And he's like, you're just going to celebrate today and the love you two have right now. And just live in the moment. And it's like, we all need to do more of that. Appreciate the love we have and celebrate it. Yeah, I love that. (laughs) Elizabeth, I know you're itching to get the Studio 54, but there's one more character I want to talk about. In episode three? Yes, in episode three. There's a a scene I, I want to talk about because it was hilarious to me. Vera Farmiga has a very interesting couple scenes. Oh, yes. There's one... One scene in particular I thought was hilarious. Um, I'm a big Vera Farmiga fan, like we talked about earlier in the show. Yeah. Uh, I, the Conjuring movies are all that to me. We just binged almost all of those. Yeah. Um, so I gotta say, like, her part in this kind of, like, I, it tripped me out. Because I kept seeing her. And she has, like, a like very interesting accent, very good accent in this. And I was like, she looks really familiar. And then I'm watching it through the second time, and I was like... It's Lorraine Warren. It's Lorraine Warren! <laughs> like, she she's not hunting demons. Why isn't she hunting demons? Why is she sniffing a jockstrap? <laughs> or hunting Godzilla. Pick your poison. Yeah. Um, yeah, so before we talk about the jockstrap, uh, she, her outfits are always really cute. Her character's name is Adele. It was um, beautiful. She was very quintessential 70s career woman i felt like yeah that's a good way to put it i thought all of her little outfits are so chic halston is coming up with scents for cream his perfume and she keeps telling him you know bring this bring that at one point she says bring in a couple items that you know like i want your your perfume to resemble he brings in some flowers and he brings in his orchids some orchids he brings in Victor Hugo's jockstrap. And when I tell you the sound I made when she grabbed that jockstrap and just brought her nose all the way into the fabric, I, I was like, oh, oh my God. Because she's like, okay, here's some homework. Bring, bring scents that make you feel something. And he's like, okay, my orchids, which is an inspiration for him through the series. A pack of cigarettes, because you never see him without a oh, yeah, freaking cigarette. Uh-huh. And then he's like, are you ready for my last one? And he's like, my lover's jockstrap. And she's just like, excuse me? And he's like, too much? And she's like, it's not too much. And like, grabs it from him. Yeah, she seemed hesitant. face in it. <laughs> just <laughs> a so... stranger's jockstrap. I couldn't. I, I was shook. Couldn't. But I get it. You know, she's all about the process, you know? She, I mean, this yeah. is why she's a genius. This is why she has the job. And she says, like, you could have a career in this. This is some tobacco, jockstrap, and these flowers. Like, 10 out of 10. Yeah. This is a good scent. I have to admit, I would like to smell that scent, you know? Of the jockstrap? Well, no. All of it put together. <laughs> oh, you want to smell his <laughs> perfume. Okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> Aren't you curious? Oh, yeah, I am curious. I don't, I don't know. How much is it? <laughs> well, I don't know. I'm sure it's very expensive at this point. Um, Elizabeth, it's time. Is it time for Studio 54? The party's over! We're going to Studio 54. Hey! Episode uh, 4, I'm... the party's over at Studio 54. Party's over in Halston, but the party for us is just starting. I love this episode. I love everything Studio 54. I mean, you should have been born so that you could be of age in the 70s. Literally. I mean, this is this is all I want. You can't see me and Elizabeth, but we've been dancing while yeah. we record, but you can't see you can't see that. So, I'm sorry. <laughs> Studio 54 is like the vibes we attempted to recreate at Rage. <laughs> oh, rest in peace, Rage. I don't think Rage is around anymore. <gasps> Rage isn't around pan- anymore? No, I think it closed down during the pandemic. Straight up just suggested somebody go there when they visit LA. <laughs> Unfortunately, Rage Nightclub in West Hollywood did close down like a few other brilliant West Hollywood nightclubs during the pandemic. I miss it, but yeah, you and I did try to have our Studio 54 era. I don't know if it quite matched what we saw in the show, but... I mean, no, but we were college students, too. We should not have been partying like they did at Studio 54. (laughs) If my parents are listening, I did nothing that you saw in this episode, okay? Mm -mm. I mean, You never got kicked out of the club. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, my God. Elizabeth, you're right. That was one time, okay? That was one time. <laughs> Never got kicked out of a club on your birthday. All right. I'll just bring everyone into this quick story. It was my 20th birthday. All right. Me and Elizabeth and a couple of our friends are at this club. And I'm 20 now. I'm not 21. And my friend passed me a drink. We're not. I'm obviously not supposed to be drinking. And I say, oh, I probably shouldn't drink this. Like, I'll get in trouble or get you in trouble. And he said, it's okay. No one will see. Mm-hmm. So I grabbed, and it wasn't even like a, it was like a Corona Yeah, or it was just a beer. A, he was like, have confidence here. <laughs> yeah. It's like a Bud Light or something. Like nothing, you know, it wasn't anything extraordinary. I kid you not, the second my lips touched this bottle... I was kicked out the club. <laughs> and it was hilarious because I had just taken a drink out of it too. And then. You- <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, me next. And yeah, I was on the street on my birthday, just staring at all my friends. I mean, I think my best friend from like Santa Barbara drove down. This party was over in a hot three minutes. <laughs> what did we even do after that? I don't remember. We went back to the apartment and we just partied at home. Oh, yeah. Like every other That's how night. most of our nights end. <laughs> yeah, so I try to go out. Anyways, back to the Studio 54 scene. They give us everything. They give us Halston and his typical Halston outfits. Liza Minnelli. Oh, yes. Uh, Victor Hugo is in these really great sheer looks. Um, we see Bianca Jagger on the horse on her 27th birthday. For her birthday 27th in Studio 54. birthday, Spencer. Elizabeth. Spencer. Elizabeth. So, after watching this episode, I, you know, my 27th birthday is, like, just around the corner. <laughs> Do you have any plans to make it, to make it special? Like a... I think I know someone with a horse, if that's what you're can hinting we, at. Can we get that into a New York nightclub? 
I think we might have to recreate the nightclub, but I, I think we could get you on a horse for your Studio 54 themed birthday party. Okay. I'll go down to H&M, grab a sparkly dress. H&M, come on. <laughs> I know. I, I We've say, been talking about Halston. <laughs> I know. I say that, but I'm like, I would go to that H&M and just be like, not be able to buy a dress there in good conscience. I, I would walk out. Okay, wait, listen. I love this idea. We... Either we have to go to Pennsylvania or you come to LA. We'll do a Studio 54 party. We will actually like make it a costume party, which we've done multiple times in our life. And I will DJ because I learned how to DJ during the pandemic. You did. Play all disco music. No Coke. Oh, yeah. No, we are. Yeah, we're not. We're not that cool. We'll drink all night long, but mm, I like my organs. <laughs> I'll put out like, uh, like bags of pixie stick or something just for the effect or something <laughs> so we look cool on instagram yeah <laughs> uh, but the scene really gives me all of that i just it's art it's tragic i mean halston is spiraling out of control during it, this entire episode so i think this is because i told you i got like really sad during <laughs> watching this series and this was the episode that like really made me sad i was like he's so talented and like he's just letting everything like go by the wayside because he's just doing like way too much coke and partying yeah i mean he's throwing his life away he's mean terrible to all of his friends Mm -hmm. his work is just obviously not inspired it's not creative it's just like literally mass production at its like height at this point as he's working with jc penny now yeah like none of this none of this feels right and everyone knows it he literally loses all of his friends in this episode (laughs) he loses all of his friends you know elizabeth said she was sad i was sad too you know because the aids epidemic is just right around the corner. Yeah. As we're watching this scene, so it's and you it's see, just... you see the beginnings of it in this episode. But to me, like I'm sad, but Jeriana kind of uplifted my spirit still with the Liza Minnelli moment in the purple. You know that really just brought me into it. I love that costume on Liza. Is that the one she passes out in? Yeah. Passes <laughs> that was out so unfortunate. So unfortunate, but her costume was brilliant. It was brilliant. All of Elsa Peretti's dresses. Oh my gosh, that red dress. That red Grecian cling to her body. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh, it was so good. Can we take a second to talk about the poor woman (laughs) that died? (laughs) (laughs) It's so funny. It's so terrible it's terrible i love how she says halston i'm wearing you i'm wearing halston i feel i feel at this moment it's so it's so good and like her character really encapsulates the the really horrible celebrity culture that was starting to like form during this time that like People wanted to only be dressed in, like, labels. They wanted to go to all these nightclubs and do everything around all these celebrities and do what they were doing. And, like, literally willing to apparently climb through an air duct and risk their lives to do it. Yeah, I mean, this is based on a true story. Someone actually did die in an air vent at Studio 54. It was not a woman. It was actually a man in a black tie outfit. 
but still, you still, know. it's well, they they took some liberties with the show. That's okay. Yeah. It's still a TV show. Yeah, but oh, all yeah. of the facts are still there if you just look a little little closer. A little deeper, yeah. But yeah, so it was very sad. And at the same time, Liza Minnelli passes out, probably from a drug overdose. They say it's exhaustion. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> to say the least. But I love this scene right after this where it's Halston, uh, Elsa, Hugo, and, um, oh, Joe. They're all sitting there. Like, Joe comes in and he's like, okay. I have good news, and I have bad news. And he's like, okay, Liza's gonna be fine. It's all good. And they're she's like... She's fine. She's fine. And they're like, okay, great, awesome. Love our friend, glad she's okay. They're like, okay, what's what's the bad news? He's like, they're shutting down Studio 54. And they're no. all just like... Oh, no, why? This he's is like, a tragedy. He's like, tax evasion, dude. <laughs> like, yeah, the owner I mean, got cocky. <laughs> This place was riddled with crime. Riddled with crime, <laughs> drugs, tax evasion. Sex, apparently. Sex, drugs, rock and roll. <laughs> Government gets them on tax evasion. Dead body in the air vent. Dead body in the air vent. And but he's like, they're they're shut down. They got caught. And they were like, oh my gosh, like what could be what could be more terrible than Studio 54 dying? And he's like, they found a body in the vent. I love just the shock on everybody's face. Yeah. And then I love this this next part because I feel like it brings us kind of into his downfall perfectly. It's like, well, what could be worse than like somebody dying in the air vents there? And he's like, she was wearing Calvin Klein. No. <laughs> <laughs> and he says it with such a straight face and they all look horrified. Yeah, this is bad on so many levels. Bad on so many levels, but it brings you into just kind of his... This is where he stopped keeping up with the times. Yeah, this is his focus. What was she wearing? It was Calvin Klein. Really? There's a dead woman in the air vents. Yes. I'm surprised there was only one dead woman in the air vents. Right? I mean, this place seems <laughs> lawless <laughs> yeah Fun. i'm not i'm not against it at this point let me be clear to all studio 54 fans i wish i was there we both wish we were there um <laughs> it, it was wild it was wild times i just know it was not up to code it was you know? not up to code in any way <laughs> shape or form <laughs> um <laughs> And we learned that you know Halston built his business off listening to women giving them what they needed. He is no longer listening to women and what they need because he refuses to design a pair of jeans. I know. And it seems so simple, you know. So simple. He says it's jeans are just a fad, which we know at this moment <laughs> was not true. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, and speaking of not listening to women, there's a scene with Halston and Elsa Peretti and she's pissed at Halston because he's become a real jerk. Yeah, he has. And he says, give me that fur jacket back. And she's like, no. And she says, actually, you know what? You can have it. Throws it on the ground and pours her drink all over it. Yeah. This is reportedly based on a true story, Elizabeth. But she did not pour alcohol on it. She threw it in a fireplace is <gasps> what's reported. 
That poor jacket. Yeah. Oh, that I mean, sounds like me, though. <laughs> I wish they did it like the fireplace. That sounds more fun. I know. I would, reportedly, what, as I was doing my research, it like went up in flames pretty quickly. Talk about the insurance going up on production. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's probably why. But. <laughs> that's probably why it didn't happen. Um, yeah, because by uh, this mean, point, he's like totally like cut her off. And then he sees her in this club and shouts at her for like... Not being a good friend, but it's his fault that she could not be a good friend to him. He just uh, utterly disrespected her and cut her off and then expected her to be there for yeah. him. You know, and, and you talking about the fireplace and the drink spilling, costume designers have to make multiples of garments. You know, there's sometimes a look could have like 10, 12 different multiples. I bet you they did not want to make 12 of these no. fur coats to throw in a fireplace. No. I'm like, <laughs> I mean, that I, synthetic fur is very, very real looking now. Faux fur looks like the real deal nowadays. But I'm probably like, toxic. Probably toxic, yes. Um, but I'm like, okay, even for like synthetic fur to look that good, that's gonna that's gonna be so expensive just to make one. Yeah. Like that's that's gonna be like probably a couple hundred dollars when everything's said and done for that coat. They're not gonna make twelve of them. They're just not gonna do it. Jeriana, we would like to have you on our podcast at some point. I'm gonna save that question for you. I bet that was it, and I want to know now really bad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Before we move on from this episode, there is one character I do want to talk about who's serving a lot of looks, but it's kind of in the background during these Studio 54 scenes. Um, Halston's illustrator. Yes, Joe. Joe Eula is serving a lot of looks in these Studio 54 scenes, and he's just kind of like a background character. He has this one outfit with like a kind of a pussy blow, pussy bow type moment. And it looks so good. I mean, I was like, I love that shirt. Yeah. He's very disco. He is. And he leaves to go make his disco musical, which apparently didn't end well. (laughs) (laughs) But I have to say, through this whole series, though, after Halston, he's probably the best looking character in the show. Oh, yeah. He's not. He's never the focus, but he always looks amazing. Yeah, he looks great with the mustache. He's wearing, like, a, this crushed velvet purple suit at one point, And the glasses, just, he's always looking amazing. And even when he's not dressed up and he's just in the atelier smoking, he looks great, too. Looks and great. also, he's kind of like the brains to Halston, too, which he Halston kind of says. By this point, he's the art director for Halston, I believe. Yeah, Joe says, like, when you're messed up all the time i'm the one being halston until halston actually shows up which is never no it's never and bill pullman everybody everyone's coming to him to be like get your friend together Mm -hmm. and like he is trying his hardest he is like really trying to be there for halston but like halston just disrespects him and refuses to see the reality of the situation so he's like okay bye yeah i'm surprised he lasted this long I know. Joe and Elsa and his lovers. Like, how did they make it to this point? Because if Halston talked to me the way that Halston talked it to his friends most of the time, I don't think we'd be friends that long. We would have met him and been like, okay, nice to meet you. We would have gotten in the car and been like, he was a jerk. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Joe is there the entire time, which that's, that's loyalty. Yeah. 
he's there until he just he literally can't as soon as soon as like Holston like directly disrespects his ambitions for the musical he's like okay this is all I can take I'm out peace he's, he's like I'm out and he Holston little does he realize that man was like his last line of defense yeah. To keep his name. Joe was the firewall, and you've now lost that. And he lost it. Bill Pullman loses the company. And episode four ends with Halston realizing he's in some deep shit now that Carl Epstein's in charge. Yeah. Things are unraveling. And we're going to take a little break. And when we come back, I think we need to talk about this epic conclusion to a really great Netflix TV series. Oh, yeah. I don't know that I am ready. It's kind of emotional. It is. This this was an emotional episode because this is really where Halston hits rock bottom. Yeah, I mean it's a full on collision with rock bottom. Not all bad. No, it's not all bad. It it starts off though where he's hitting rock bottom. It starts off bad. It starts off real bad. Uh, him and Epstein not getting along. Uh, Carl Epstein sees the problems within Holston and really tries to work with him. He's like, let's get this together. Okay, the whole thing with JCPenney. Let's get this together. It's not great. Yeah, can we talk about some of the things he's saying? He's saying Holston wakes up, wakes up at like 6 p.m., rolls in. His staff has been here since 8 a.m., I mean, that right there, for me, I'm like, I can't. I can't with you. Uh, yeah. All he cares about is coke and yelling at everyone. And you could tell that his creations are just not inspired. No, Um, they're not. And the costume designer, Jariana, did a great job. I mean, because she's still... It's like she really captured that kind of uninspired, but still kind of Halston look that we were going for. It's, she had to kind of change the way she was costuming, which was really interesting to me. Yeah, because it has that, it, it's, yes, it's still Halston, but it's not, it's not innovative anymore. Like, people are still going to buy it because it's Halston, but, like, it's not anything to inspire growth in the company or his consumer base. No, I mean, and the people that are buying it are buying it at JCPenney, so. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. Yeah. <laughs> We all know where JCPenney is now. I believe he was dropped from... Well, he's dropped from Bergdorf and other high-end retailers because he does the JCPenney yeah, collection. Which, which is a true story, which is pretty yeah. pretty terrible. And it is kind of sad because he is kind of, he's a little... I, I don't want to say he's coerced into doing it, but it's definitely not his ideal situation. He does love the idea of dressing every woman in America... But JCPenney, it's not really his market. Yeah, it's he kind of wants the best of both worlds at this moment. You know, he's like, yes. I want to dress every single woman, but not that woman. Um, but I don't even know that he really knows what's going on anymore. I mean, he's he like, doesn't. he's 
barely coherent you know, from this part of his life. Yes, but he refuses to change. So Carl Epstein's in charge now. He realizes Holston at its current state is just kind of a shit show. To say the least. To say the least. Everyone's working hard except for Halston. He's burning money and getting nothing done. So Carl Epstein is trying to work with the man. He's like, please, I just need X, Y, and Z. Please just get this to me. And he sees that, like, Halston, like, no longer really has a worth ethic. He's just, like, drugged out all the time. So he's like, okay, clearly this man needs help. So he pulls in John David Ridge, a Broadway designer, to just help get Halston up and running again, get their collections out, start bringing more profit in, and take just the bulk of the work off Halston himself. But Holston's like, not really no, thrilled with I this mean, arrangement. No, I mean, he basically says, do you know how embarrassing this is? And John was like, yeah, um, I can imagine. Probably <laughs> probably doesn't feel good. I think that we should talk about John David Ridge for a quick second so everyone knows. Yes. John David Ridge is a costume designer, costume maker, and costume supervisor on stage and film and television. John David Ridge was played by Jack Mikesell in Halston. Um, the real John David Ridge, he worked on Broadway productions of Ring Round the Moon, Copperfield, the 1977 Dracula, My Fair Lady, 1980 and 2016. He also designed costumes for some films that we all know, such as The Wiz, um, Men in Black, the first Men in Black, Ocean's Eleven, and <laughs> something that I love, which is totally random, he was a he was a part of the Spider-Man trilogy with Tobey Maguire. <laughs> yes, uh, that's such an interesting that. movie. <laughs> so he's the real deal. He's the real deal, and Carl Epstein's like, help us, and he's like, okay. So Holson's not happy. But John David Ridge is like, you know, I really respect you. I look up to you. You're an inspiration to me. Please let me help you. And Halston's like, okay, but, like, don't do anything without my approval. And he's like, yeah. got it. However, he can't even get Halston's approval for stuff. No, I mean, for, like, a whole one second, I was like, oh, actually, maybe things are going to work out. It doesn't. I thought that was the turning point, and then it <laughs> simply was not. No, because... Things quickly spiral from here. (laughs) Yeah. Long story short, a look is approved without Halston's approval. Like you said, please don't do this. A single look. But they can't find Halston. You know, I've been calling you. You don't come to work. Uh, How am I supposed to get your approval when you're totally absent? Carl Epstein is pretty much done with him. He tries a last-ditch effort, calls Betty Ford, tries to get him into rehab... Little does he know, Halston is, like, BFFs with Betty Ford. And he's like, I'm fine, darling. You'll be the first to know when I do need help. (laughs) So he's, like, goes straight to the board of directors. And they basically, like, buy him out. They take everything from him. The saddest part is, like, he doesn't even realize that at first. Yeah, I mean, it's... It's so sad to me because he basically signs off on his deal and they say, oh, we're going to pay you X amount of money and you don't Mm -hmm. have to do anything. 
So, of course, Halston's head, he's like, nothing? (laughs) You know, I could just sit at home and do nothing and get paid? Yeah, but he sold his name. He sold his name. And he thinks he's going to be able to create another company after this. And his lawyer's like, no. (laughs) Not using the name Halston. When I went to fashion school, my good friend and also the co-chair of fashion design at Fitum, he told me, in a talk, if you ever start a fashion label, never use your name. Because if that name takes off, like Halston, this is a prime example. Now other people own your name. You no longer own your name anymore. This is a real problem that's happened to multiple people in the industry. Yeah. And it's it's sad, but it's like it's a business deal. And this is the final nail in Halston's story. Um, it's really the end of his career. But also, it kind of serves as an awakening, too. He kind of realizes, like, wow, like, it's over. Uh, What can I do with what's left of my time? Yes. Unfortunately, at this point, we do know that Halston had tested positive for HIV. And a lot of his symptoms have not yet been appearing, so he does have some more time. But still, he, he knows that there's a time limit on his life. And when he loses his name, Halston... He kind of it puts it into perspective for him, and he really starts to uh, branch out in his life. And this is when Martha Graham approaches him with an opportunity. Martha Graham, she was an influential American dancer, teacher, and choreographer of modern dance. For over more than 50 years, she created more than 180 works that she often danced in herself, from solos to large-scale works. Martha Graham approaches Halston... She says, I have arthritis, so I'm not really making costumes nowadays. Nowadays, will you be my hands, basically? Halston does the typical says no a hundred times and then eventually says yes. That's when he realizes, he's like, oh, I don't have anything to create anymore. Yeah. He like his lawyer is like he's like well I'm I'm gonna make these you know Oscar dresses for some of my friends and his lawyer's like okay they can't say it was made by Holston. Yeah, like he can't have his name on anything fashion related. No, not at all. And he realizes he's like I need a creative outlet. So, so this ballet, he's like okay, let's do it. Let's get it. <laughs> Yeah, so Halston almost becomes, well, he does, he becomes a theatrical costume designer at this moment. And he even goes back, has kind of a aha moment, and recruits John David Ridge to be his assistant. Because he sees the potential in John at this point. He's a good designer. Halston was just blinded by his own, what he thought was disrespect, that he was treating him poorly, but he knows that he's talented. Yeah. And they just create these beautiful, like, very meaningful, the, uh, spandex <laughs> squares, which I want, I want one. Yes. I want to work. <laughs> I was listening to an interview with Jeriana, the costume designer, and she said that they called them flying squirrel costumes. <laughs> yes! <laughs> oh my gosh. So, side note. <laughs> If I were to ever, like, skydive or anything, I think I would want to do, like, the flying squirrels. Yeah. And, like, it'd probably be the last thing I ever did. Well, let's see if we could find you original <laughs> Halston flying squirrel costume. But <laughs> That would make my year. <laughs> and he creates some really stunning costumes. It's beautiful. On his way to the Play-Doh, he does make up with his good friend, Joe Eula, which I thought was a great touch. 
basically he's like Halston says I heard that your you know play pretty much bombed and Joe's like and I heard you sold your name stupid <laughs> yeah there he's like well we both lost in this situation I thought Halston was gonna freak but he they both laughed it off and I was so yes. relieved <laughs> It was so great. And because, like, by this point, like, Holston's sober. He's, like, kind of gotten his life together as much as he can. And he can, like, laugh with, like, the friend that was there for him through thick and thin for so many years. And it's, like, here he is again to be with him when he needs a friend most. Yeah, absolutely. And the ballet was absolutely stunning. Oh, I mean, so think good. about all the costumes Jeriana's had to make now. She also had to create a lot of dance costumes. Absolutely loved it. I mean, the spandexed, rectangle-shaped costumes I thought were just absolutely stunning. Uh, they really, really were. So this episode is called The Critics because, you know, at the beginning of the episode, he's basically just been destroyed by them after the whole J.C. Penny debacle. However, after after this play, he goes out on a high note with the critics. And they loved they, it. They absolutely love it. It gives him, at least in context of the show, the validation that he didn't entirely lose himself after losing Halston. Yeah, you kind of see it in his eyes when he's watching, when he's kind of crying during the show. And hes cr- I feel like he's crying because he sees like the beauty of his work. He sees his creativity and his inspiration back again. He sees it on the stage. Yes. It's, it's a, almost like a grounding moment for him. Definitely. So the dance goes great, but um, he realizes he didn't get out very much in life. <laughs> And he is going to go up and down the California coast, but he's got to tell his friend Liza first for Thanksgiving. This scene, I think this was the hardest scene of the entire show for me. It really was, because she's literally the only person who has been, been his friend the entire time. I think she's like been away for filming or something, and she's excited to be like, okay, back home. And they're having dinner at his beach house. And she's like, oh, I love this place. And he's like, uh, okay, well, this is going to be our last Thanksgiving here. <laughs> I kind of sold it. And she's like, oh, he's like, uh, I sold the townhouse too. And she's like, you're my best friend. Where are you going? And he's like, oh, just, you know, up and down the coast. Like, the Pacific coast. I'm going to be back. The Pacific <laughs> coast. He's like, I'm going to be back. Don't worry about it. And she's so sad. And they look great in their matching red outfits. <laughs> that was adorable. Oh, I know. It's so adorable. But it's just so sad because she feels like this could be goodbye. Because he knows he's at the end of his life. Such a terrible feeling. Such a terrible feeling. But he just wants to enjoy it. So he goes with his driver and just takes in the sights. And is reflecting on his life from the first fashion show at Bergdorf's in black and white to the first fashion show at his studio, the Battle of Versailles, the J- even the J.C. Penny line and the ballet. He's just kind of reliving all of it. And he has this really beautiful moment where he's just sitting on the coast of California watching the blue and he's talking to his, his driver and he's like, you know... A couple of years ago, I would have sat here and looked at the blue and thought of all the different designs I could make with this blue. Like, think of 
everything I could make and sell in this blue. And he's like, I can finally just enjoy the blue ocean for being the blue ocean. He's like, I can finally just relax and take a moment and appreciate the life around me. Which I just thought was very beautiful because that is a lot of times a problem with artists is you can't, it's hard to stop and appreciate what your inspiration actually is. Yeah, I feel like that's a good lesson. Just the idea of us as artists and designers, just us as people, to just stop every once in a while and just take in the beauty that's around you and just appreciate it for the moment you're in, you know, which is what Halston's saying at this moment. Every moment does not have to be a moment of creation and building. You can just enjoy it. And Halston spent the rest of his life just driving up and down a coast. And that brings us to the end of the Halston Netflix miniseries. <laughs> yeah! Uh, yeah, it ends. They have a nice little, you know, um, credits like, you know, Halston died, San Francisco in 1990 they talk about elsa joe's careers and then i love the last one they talk about liza minnelli and they're like she's alive and well liza is still alive still legendary still iconic she still is kicking. and i didn't realize she met him because i was um listening to some interview with her and she met him when she was like 19 yeah i mean she was a kid i didn't realize she was that much younger than him yeah. Um, yeah, it was a very beautiful end to an overall beautiful show. I really loved the show. I'm really glad that we watched it. It was just beautiful. The story was touching in the end. Um, you know, tragic, of course. But the costumes, man. I mean, these costumes were all that, and it was worth it. it they are. Like, she kind of gets around that problem with a lot of, like, you know, usually the construction is very intricate. With her costumes, she brought the essence of the time, not just, oh, this what's, this is what it was. Her costumes were more about what it represented than making carbon copies of Holston. Yeah, for sure. Jeriana just took us back, you know, and not, not every costume was the exact reference, but she understood. It's like she channeled Halston. She knew what he would be creating. She knew what the dresses looked like on the runway. And maybe they, you know, not all of them were stitched to stitch the same, but they all channeled the Halston energy. And I thought she understood the assignment and all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she Juliana, understood. She understood the assignment. And I just thought it was brilliant. So, Jeriana, bravo. And bravo. I think you should join us on this podcast sometime so we could do an yes. encore episode of Halston and talk about some of your favorite costumes. Because this was brilliant. This, this really was brilliant. So, that's it, Elizabeth. We're at the end of our third episode. I know. Our, our first TV miniseries. Yeah. And next week, what are we watching? I'm really excited to announce this one. Next week... Get ready, because it is the 20th anniversary of Legally Blonde. <laughs> That's so crazy to me. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I love this movie. This movie makes me feel good. <laughs> so join us next week for Legally Blonde. 
Uh, if this is your first time listening and you liked what you heard, subscribe. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you like to listen. It's your choice. If you loved us and, you know, you have a little bit of time and are so inclined, please leave us a five-star text review. We would greatly appreciate that. Elizabeth Darling, you know the critics mean nothing to me. Uh, They do mean nothing. They mean nothing. But really, we would truly appreciate and love you for that. (laughs) Thank you, everyone. See you next week. The Art of Costume Blogcast is hosted by Elizabeth Joy Glass and Spencer Williams. Produced by Elizabeth Joy Glass with associate producer Spencer Williams. Our sound design and engineering is done by Daniel White. Follow us on Instagram at the Art of Costume Pod. Or visit theartofcostumeblogcast.com for all blogcast updates. For more costume reviews, deep dives, and interviews, visit theartofcostume.com. A blog dedicated to highlighting the best in costume design.